right. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number eight. Here we have Bas Bols from the Netherlands. He is the founder of Life Lab. Uh, he is, at least from the people I know here in Barcelona, at least within the community, the king of stoicism, also one of the most jacked people I know. He definitely walks the talk. And if you yourself have been, you know, trying to learn about stoicism or you really want to take it to another level, everything uh, in order to really be able to control your mind, uh, create a body that's really strong um, to be able to perform at your highest potential. We went really deep into a lot of tips around stoicism from the basics to the most advanced things. We talked about society and how society is becoming weak uh, and how you can actually become strong and stand out from other people. Uh, Bas shared his story about you know, how he went from uh, depressed and overweight into becoming this <laughs> Dutch king uh, god he is um, and yeah we talked also a lot about fitness uh, we talked a lot about the benefits of intermittent fasting about how to eat right to put your body in the best state it possibly can be uh, the effects of caffeine on your body uh, and his general morning routine so without further ado thank you so much Bas really enjoyed this conversation thank you so much and I hope you also enjoyed very much. Here we are, podcast number eight. Nice. Uh, very beautiful location right here. Amazing place. Uh, we were planning to do it outside, but it started raining. Uh, and here we found this beautiful location in this random hotel here in Barcelona. Yeah. And actually, we were just talking about, you know, how if this would have happened a few years ago, I would have been so embarrassed, you know, in case people are walking by. Down there, they're having breakfast, you know, some people are going to yeah. see us and stuff like that. People are going to walk by, but at this point, I feel like I don't really care, yeah. right? I've yeah. kind of lost that to some extent. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like maybe, I feel like from the people I know, you're kind of the king of stoicism, right? <laughs> do, do you feel like there's any relationship to that at all, of just not caring about what other people think? Oh man, it's in the core. Yeah. It's in the core of Stoicism. So the, the core of Stoicism is basically to find what's within your control. And once you found what's within your control, to give that your fullest attention. And we try to minimize our attention to the things that are outside our control. And this is pure for emotional regulation, regulating how you feel on a daily basis to get more control over how you feel. And if you're going to tie your emotions to external things like, do other people care? What do other people think about me? What do other people, then you're gonna live a very miserable life. So this, in Stoicism, this is really regarded as something external and also something we don't want to really give attention to. And once you give up on shame or what other people think about you, it's such a freeing feeling. And I think it's one of the first steps in Stoicism is to learn to really focus on yourself, to find what's in your control and to give up on these giving attention to the, these external things. So it's actually one of the first steps in, in Stoicism. And it's a massive step if you take it right now to, to give less attention to, to these, uh, what other people think. It's instantly freeing. 100%. Yeah. Before we dive very deep into Stoicism, yes. fitness, everything you do, I'd love to know a little bit about your story yeah. and how Stoicism kind of relates to it, right? Yeah. How potentially Stoicism has turned you into the person you are today. Yeah. Um, you know, who was Bas 
a few years ago before discovering the, this new world and everything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm 27 years old and I have quite a a, a big story already. Not not a big story, but a lot of things happening in my life. That's mainly I think because I I take on a lot of opportunities. I try a lot of things. I reinvent myself every year. So I I throw myself in. in uh, into the heat every year. So some of the events that happens is mainly I've always been uh, a bit too fat, also a little bit bullied by that, and also uh, was always really struggling with finding my place in the world, didn't know what I wanted to do, didn't want to follow the regular nine to five path. Um, and that also drew me into sort of a depression for one and a half year where I lost track again of my health, relationships, was really a dark place in, inside of my mind. And that's also the, the time when I, where I found out about Stoicism and I started to, to read on Stoicism. It was a book called The Obstacles The Way, which basically tells that that thing happening is the way to, to growth. So that's really where my, my Stoic journey started and my journey towards more self-control, towards more control over my mind, my emotions, um, really started. So there's a lot of things that, uh, a lot of obstacles that happened along the way. And I think that's a recurring pattern in my life is, is obstacles and how to overcome these obstacles and use these obstacles to become a stronger person, both physically and mentally. And that's also where the, the fitness part um, really plays a big role because for me, they're, 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 like, they're like one. So it's about creating a strong mind and a strong body and by training, you can also create a strong mind and vice versa. So this is a, a, a part of my story. And yeah, many things happened. Like my apartment burned down one and a half years ago and I couldn't live in it for like five months. Then I had a couple of years earlier, 2019, I had this sort of depression lasted uh, about a year, one and a half year, got fat again. Uh, lost all my muscles again, um, lost friends uh, and progress also. So these are kind of things that, that happened the past years. And so now that you already have this experience, right, you, you yeah. went again into, you know, this hardship. Yeah. What are now, you know, if you're going to go into hardship again, right, yeah. which is going to happen, it's inevitable. And yeah. please welcome it, right? Yeah. What are the things you're going to go back to, the stoic habits you're going to implement to overcome those hardships again? Yeah, that's a very good question. And um, like now I'm, I'm way more advanced in overcoming hardships and in dealing with obstacles. That's also a part, a biggest part in stoicism, in my opinion. And it's about your perception. So the key is it's all about your mind. Because if we call something a hardship, that's a choice. Like it's a choice to view something as a hardship. Like nobody's putting a label on an event the only, thing, only people that are putting the label on the event is, is us, it's our mind. So if I say like I experienced a hardship or I'm having a hard time, it's my own opinion about the event. So if you can change your opinion about these events to maybe view them as opportunities or just already part of life, that's a really easy place to start, right? It's just part of life, life is cyclical, stuff is gonna happen, bad stuff is gonna happen, good stuff as well, it shall pass. That's already a first step in viewing at events differently. So it's changing the way how you think about things. 
that will change the way you experience things and will change your outcome as well. So the way I, I don't think of hardships as hardships anymore, that, that's, that's a thing. So I think about them as uh, opportunities for growth, opportunities to learn, opportunities to uh, discover myself and to, to grow further. Because we also believe as Stoics that people that experience, that have an easy life, that experience no hardships, these are actually the persons that have a hard life because they will never discover what they're capable of. They will never discover of who they can truly become because they're not getting these experiences in life. And so what is kind of the relationship between the, mod, uh, the mind and the body when it comes to stoicism? Because I feel like a lot of it is the interpretation of the things that happen to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's but a big part. how does the body play into all of this when it comes to stoicism? Mm, like, uh, when it comes to stoicism, it's, it's mainly we want to treat the body rigorously so it's not disobedient to the mind. That's okay. what they say in stoicism. So it's about the, the, the body wants to, or usually when you, when you try to push limits, the body is the first thing that wants to give up on you. But it's actually in, in your mind, uh, you're, you're able to achieve so much more. So what we're basically doing is we're training hardships in various forms. So we're training hardships ourselves already. We're simulating hardships. Like now we had this depression, we had this fire, hardships caused by life. But in Stoicism, we try to train ourselves, uh, the mind and the body as well, to put it through hardship, to just raise the bar of what is our baseline? What is the thing we're used to? So uh, what I'm trying to do personally is to challenge myself every single time to, like we're doing these ice baths, we're doing these show up meetups. It's, your mind is holding you back. I don't want to do this. Your body's saying, I don't want to do this. And still you have control over it and you just, you just walk in. So it's about, it's super symbiotic, the body and the mind, they work together. So it's, you want to train the body really hard so it's not disobedient to the mind. When your mind says, I'm gonna go in the ice bath and your body is resisting, you want to have trained your, your body so many times that you can just override that resistance. And that's gonna help you put, to push further in life. So training for me is uh, like, like five or seven years ago, it was really like bodybuilding. It was really about aesthetics. Now I don't care, <laughs> care a shit about really? aesthetics. I mean, the aesthetics are, are there, definitely. It, it's a byproduct. Now I really care about function. I care about survival. And I care about having a functional body that's able to do what it's designed to do. Right? And a lot of people, they cannot even run when they have to run. They cannot swim when they have to swim. They cannot survive in, on basic human functions. So for me, training has really become that, and it's really um, symbiotic with the mind. Because you can have a strong body, but if you have a weak mind, you will not succeed. And the other way around, uh, you will not succeed as well. So both have to be trained. 100%. No, and I, and I definitely agree. I feel like... When I started working out, it was mm -hmm. more, at the very beginning at least, it was just to attract uh, women. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then it yeah. was, then I really got into it. And I, I think it was like, I was 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, I was living in the United States. Uh, I missed the, the tryouts for the soccer team. So I was like, okay, I'm here in the US, I'm gonna get fat. At least that's what <laughs> Europeans are gonna be think bigger. when they move there for the first time. Yeah. It's not necessarily true. 
and then I just started working out like crazy. And I got like really addicted to it. Nice. You know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, for a long time, it was really the aesthetics. Yeah. But at some point, I just kind of, it became less of a priority for me, mm -hmm. the aesthetics. Yeah. And now the main reason I do it rigorously is purely my attention, the memory, you know, and especially if you're a high performer, yeah. you need to be constantly, you know, at the best possible yeah. level. And I totally agree. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's, you have mental hardships, yeah. right? But many of those hardships are first experienced through your body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really a big part, like, uh, we didn't talk about that yet, but yeah, the benefits you're getting from working out is, uh, is massive. So that's also another reason, obviously, to, to work out. Yes. And I think also if you're not working out, you're just, you're decreasing the lifespan of your life. So you, you should be working out. If you're not working out and you want to live a longer, happier, healthier life when you can just keep moving and enjoy the things life has to offer, you will have to put in some hard work uh, all the time. You actually have to struggle to, to, to get that, right? You have to earn it as yeah. a reward. From a stoic point of view, right? Yeah. Let's say Marcus Aurelius, one of the, I mean, I don't know that much about stoicism, uh, yeah. but I know that he is definitely one of the big pioneers or at least one of the big thinkers. In For sure, case. yeah. Let's say he comes back to, well, not back, he goes to 2023 yeah. and looks at society nowadays, the way we behave, the things we consume, the habits we have, right? Yeah. What would Marcus Aurelius, the stoic, think? He would probably, like I cannot talk for him, obviously, but he, from what I've read about it, and I've, I've read almost, I think, everything he, he, he wrote, but he would mainly focus on himself, so he would not think too much about others and external things, right? That's in, in the core as well, focus on yourself and do good. Then for a, for a second part, I think he would think we're, we're getting weak, like we have to be stronger but he would just probably remind himself to, to, to be stronger and to focus on himself again. So I think that's, um, that's one of the, uh, the things he would, he would, how he would look at today's society. But probably what he's also saying is, and, and that's also my viewpoint is, life is really cyclical and it, it will just, life is just a cycle that will repeat itself. So the things he wrote two and a half thousand years ago are 100% as accurate then as they are today, because as humans, we haven't changed. It's just the time has changed. We got some more technology. We've got some more fancy shoes and some fancy mics we can use. But for the rest, our basic human functions and the way we function and the way we operate and think, we're still the same people. So if you look at life on a thousand year scale or you look at life on a 15 year scale, it's all just the same. So he will probably just think and do the same. So even though we are becoming weaker, it's just going to kind of the, the typical saying of weak times create tough times, tough times create strong people, yeah. and strong people create uh, good times, yeah. so to say. And then again, into all of yeah. that. And I definitely believe in it. Um, and I, for myself, like I'm, I'm experiencing a drive right now, the past one, two years, looking at how weak most people are. Like, it might sound selfish, but when I just look at society right now, I'm getting a tremendous drive to be harder, it, it, to, it, to push is it, further. Is it because 
you know, we've never been more obese and out of shape? Is oh, it man, because, yeah. like, yeah. What, what makes society so weak nowadays? For me, it's, and, and it also makes me a bit angry, um, or, or at least I, I experience these inner emotions, and we're destroying ourselves. And this is something, like, we're destroying ourselves by all the things we're consuming. And this is, we're consuming not only by eating, like also by listening and watching and doing. And so we're, we're basically destroying ourselves. You can be obese, but you destroy your knees, you destroy your body, you decrease your lifespan. Uh, so we're destroying ourselves. And that for me is something, my, my personal goal is to, to, to be healthy and to make people healthier. And that's something that's, that's really triggering right now that when I just look on the streets, so many people are overweight, so many people are just in, indulging in whatever they want. There's, there's a lack of boundaries, and boundaries make, in my opinion, life greater. So that's what's really uh, motivating me to, to do things differently. Boundaries. Yeah. yeah. That's a very interesting topic. How does boundaries relate to, you know, from the stoic point of view, how yeah. do boundaries play into life? Boundaries is, is one, of the, one of the biggest things. If you want to live a joyful, if you want to live a successful life, you need to have uh, certain boundaries. Because if you will just, like, success is always in, in uh, the middle of things. Like, you can never do... Uh, social things, never meet people, you will feel miserable, right? You won't achieve anything, probably you will feel, feel miserable. You can go out every single time, party and drink, you won't achieve anything either. So it's about creating self-control to, to be disciplined, to set boundaries. And this might be hard at first, like getting up early, uh, going to a party, but maybe going a little bit uh, earlier, home earlier than the rest, because you know you've got work to do. So it's all about setting boundaries that will in the end make uh, life more valuable and give you way more, um, give you way more things on the, on the long run. So in Stoicism, it's about creating self-control. The goal is to create more self-control over your emotions, over your mind, over your life. And therefore, you have to set certain boundaries because if you always overindulge in eating and doing whatever you feel is pleasurable, you will not experience uh, the real pleasures yeah. of life. And I feel like sometimes we're so short-minded, Yeah. right? We just look for that immediate pleasure. Yeah. And often you have to think longer term, right? And yeah. find something worth struggling for. Exactly, exactly. Right? That's like beautiful. Very yeah. basic example, you know, of course, staying in bed under the blanket is so much more comfortable and pleasurable in that specific moment, Yeah. right? But by standing up, getting out of bed and doing your workout, of course, it's going to, you know, not give you pain in the moment. Yeah. But longer term, it's going to make you a stronger person, more healthy person yeah. and allow you many more opportunities to live a more fulfilling life yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And I feel like in today's society, we're just constantly chasing that next pleasure without any sort of oh, long-term yeah. thinking. Yeah. And one of the things I loved about this book that I read, um, I forgot what it was called, but it was by Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And everything is kind of like a balance between pleasure and pain. 
Massively. Yeah. Right? The pleasure of staying in bed is much bigger than the potential pain of being unhealthy and not being oh, yeah. fit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I've noticed this, for example, with going out. Yeah. Before, like, I didn't care about being Saturday or Sunday with a hangover and, you know, being unproductive and stuff like that. But yeah. since I've prioritized my business, since I've prioritized me being in a top shape yeah. and form, yeah. now the pain of having that hangover the next day is much bigger than the pleasure of yeah. staying up until 6, 7 a.m. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's And so awesome. it's, it's really all a matter of priorities most yeah. of the time. Yeah. The same thing applies to, for example, you know, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Do you not have time for this? Or is yeah. it just not a priority for you? Yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing. Exactly. And it's really nice that you say it. And because it's a, it's a mindset shift, because it's, pleasure is such a big illusion, because often the, the, the easy road is the more painful road in the end. Like that's, that's the hidden message. So the harder road will give you more pleasure on the long run. And I think that's also in a part why society now is quite weak because we're being trained to always change instant gratifications. Like our attention span is decreasing, our motivation and our discipline to achieve things is decreasing. We're, we're taking, uh, we're s s seducted to, to take the easy road and that's going to cause so, so many uh, uh, problems on the long run. Because when you always take the easy road, you will never get to the, to the true reward. And if you make this mindset shift that it's actually, like if you can put up energy every single day for something that doesn't give a reward instantly, that's where you're building massive discipline to achieve bigger, bigger things. And also, like one of our mutual friends, Eden, he said one thing that, that I really, really liked is once you start um, not going to things, you start to go home earlier because you want to work or achieve certain things, you might experience some fear of missing out. Like there's a nice party, there's a night event, but it's really a mindset shift. And Eden was talking about uh, the joy of missing out, JOMO instead of FOMO. And it's a really strong one, I think. When you're going home early, enjoy going home early, enjoy choosing for yourself to choose to take the harder path to uh, experience uh, more results on the long term. Enjoy not being there, enjoy missing out. And that is something that it's really resonated with me. And for the Stoic, joy is something internally. And a lot of people, they seek joy in external things like uh, going out, drinking, doing crazy stuff. Like it's, they're depending on external things to in experience internal joy. Whereas the Stoics wants to, for the Stoic joy is really something external, is living without fear, it's living without anxiety, experiencing tranquility, experiencing peaceness and calm. And that's uh, a way more uh, joyful uh, experience that comes from the inside and that can be trained as well. How do you train it? How do you train for inner peace? How do you train for inner peace? I think when it comes to missing out on things, a big step is saying no to more things. So you can say yes more often to the things that matter to you, which will already give you more inner peace. The thing we started this podcast with is not caring about what others, other people think and uh, focusing just on yourself will also give you more inner peace and just trying to, to get more control over your life and 
building discipline and over your mind by finding what is in your control and what is not will give you way more peace. And then you will automatically experience more inner joy, peace, mm -hmm. tranquility. I'd love to talk about uh, fitness in just yeah, a second. Sure. Yeah. But before then, if anyone is interested in getting into stoicism, what's the one book you would recommend to get started? Maybe yeah. for beginners and maybe one that has really blown your mind, maybe for the more advanced people out there. Yeah, very good question. I always recommend people to start with The Obstacles Away by Ryan Holiday. Um, I started there as well, so that, that's also something that, that I uh, really like to, to give to peop other people as well. But I think it's a really nice summary that teaches you the, the main theme of Stoicism. Look, there's a little cup of tea falling. Out of our control, nothing we can do. Perfect, and that's the obstacle, like things are out of our control. <laughs> this was not planned. <laughs> this was not planned, and this is the core of Stoicism. Like, the core of that book as well, the obstacle is the way. This cup of tea is falling over your notebook, we're in a podcast, we're doing a recording. You have two options how you can respond. You can say, fuck, freak out. Uh, it's, it's, everything is fucked, this podcast is fucked, the whole recording is now <laughs> fucked, we have to stop, do gone. it all over again. Or you're like, yeah, right? Stuff happens. <laughs> it's not in my control. What is in my control? How I respond to the situation. We smile, we continue our conversation, we turn it into something valuable for you to watch and to think about. <laughs> this is the core of Stoicism, and that book really teaches you that. So start there, and then for more advanced people, you can read the meditations of Marcus Aurelius, which you already mentioned. But you have to have some more understanding of what does he actually mean with the words he's saying, so that I would uh, say is really more advanced, but that book is really life-changing as well. So The Obstacle is Away is a good book to start, a good summary and a good introduction to Stoicism. Oh, Super interesting. Yeah. Then we have to get that book. For sure, for I mean, sure. I, I have done, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, I've read articles on Stoicism, but I've never really dove in very deep into it, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely something extremely valuable to know. Oh man, um, it's life-changing. Yeah. But it needs time. So I also recommend the Daily Stoic, which is just one passage a I, day. Yeah, it's like every day is like one, one yeah, quick read. I highly recommend. Do that for two years and you've, you've reprogrammed the way you think about yeah. situations. It takes time. Like it's, it's just the same with mastering a skill. The thing is we want to reprogram our unconscious behavior. So something happens, we've got a way of responding to it that's programmed in our bodies and in our minds. We want to reprogram that way of responding. Like, it's the same with this tea. Maybe a couple of years ago, we would have been stressed and now we've reprogrammed this behavior. Yeah. So it takes time. So it's not something you can just apply instantly. And it, it, it takes time to, to yeah, reprogram your, your mind and mm -hmm. yourself. And do you have a specific morning routine, whether it is around fitness or just progr programming your brain to start off the day in the best possible way? Uh, depends. I, I, I'm kind of experi uh, um, experimenting with different routines at the moment. But what I always, a main theme is I don't want to touch my phone for like the first one and a half hour because I don't want to be, I want to choose what I put my attention to. That's, that's the main core of my morning routine. I want to choose what I want to focus on, what I want to work on, what I want to progress on instead of being sucked into my phone and these distractions and letting them have control over me. So I want to start the day with being in control, whether it's 
writing, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's journaling, whether it's prepping food. So that's the main theme of my morning routine is starting the day with choosing to be in control. Because if you're not in control of yourself and your life, who the fuck is? So it's really this, this drive and this message to myself that I'm waking up and I'm in control. It doesn't really matter what I'm going to be doing today, but I'm in control. So sometimes it's working out. Usually it's working out. Sometimes it's writing, reading, learning a little bit of Spanish. Um, yeah. yeah. But it has to be functional. So that's also something yeah. that I always add. Yeah, and, and your brain is almost the most gullible, especially in the morning. So yeah, yeah. You know, also with your gut, whatever food you put in, the first meal of the day, or the first things you put into your brain, massive. Those are the first the things that really stick around the day. And I really yeah. feel it. The days I wake up and I go straight on my phone. Yeah. Like sometimes it ha I, I do a lot of workout videos, you know, uh, from YouTube. Nice. And sometimes as I'm searching for it, I will see a short that attracts my attention. And then next thing you know, it's like, I've been there 15 minutes. Yeah. And it already puts me in a state where I'm just like lazy. I don't want chill. to do anything more chill. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on, just a little more and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, so I totally agree. And so in terms of actual fitness, right? You mentioned that you at some point in your life were overweight. Yeah. Right now, I'm assuming you're in the best shape of your life. You have one of the best bodies I've seen here in Barcelona. <laughs> what are some like that. secret tips for somebody who wants to get into better shape or is lose, trying to lose some weight? Oh man, secret tips. It's, it's hard to give, give like universal tips for all people are so different. Like all our metabolisms are different and everything influences the way we shape our body, where we live, uh, on the earth, what climate. So, so there's so many variables. Um, but what I'm, the best thing you can probably do is to experience more with nutrition and to be mindful of what you put into your body. And this is from a performance perspective, from taking care of your mind, but also take care of your body. Like, if you're not so experienced with nutrition, experience what food is there to offer? What is the food doing to your body? Uh, what is not eating doing to your body, right? What is fasting doing to your body? And how, what are you actually experiencing? So being more mindful of your body, what is food doing to your body, what is not eating doing to your body, what is sleep doing to your body, what is working out doing to your body, because a lot of people are, I think are not really paying attention, they're eating at while all. scrolling, at all. they're following a simple workout while not really feeling like how is it actually shaping my body, how is it affecting my energy, they're not mindful at all. So be mindful, move, experiment. And for me, a massive thing to stay fit is fasting. Like I gain weight quite quickly, like I was overweight. So fasting is, is a massive game changer for me and is really the hack I found, which I'm now comfortable saying, I will be fit my whole life. I will be in a good shape my whole life. And it's because I'm fasting, intermittent fasting, sometimes doing a longer fast, like 24 hours or 48 hours without food. It's occasional, maybe once a month. But I'm doing like intermittent fasting four or five days a week. So it's 16 hours of not eating or 15 hours. And then the rest of the day it's eating, which helps me limit the amount I eat because I tend to overeat always. Focusing on sleep, sleeping more, highly recommend to everybody. And just moving your body. If it's four times a week, if it's six times a week, if you're swimming, playing soccer, I don't care, move. So that recipe, really basic, fasting, eating healthy, 
It's prioritizing sleep and moving the body, and it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. It's what will keep me fit. What, what are the, the main benefits of intermittent fasting? Oh man, focus. If you're an entrepreneur and you want to get shit done, you should really try fasting. I mean, I haven't eaten all day so far, so. You're, you're already doing it. Yeah, and, I mean, I do intermittent fast. I've been doing it for, I don't know, multiple years. But what do you is, experience? Well, like, what do you experience? experience now, in this current state, you're fasted, we're in this talk, compared to when you're eating or have already eaten? What do you experience difference? I feel very focused at the moment. Yeah. But again, I would say it really depends on everybody. For sure, um, for sure. Actually, I started fasting and then I stopped after a while because I fainted twice. Really? Yeah. Really? I, it was actually during COVID. Yeah. So maybe it had something to do with me being like not moving as much and being like, I don't know, maybe I took it a little bit to, to an extreme. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with something completely different. Was it a longer fast, like 24 hours, 48 hours? It, wasn't, was it, just it, wasn't, it wasn't like a complete, like, pass out. But, like, you know when you're, you're about, like, yeah. you get very blurry and stuff like that, and you're just, like, yeah. you lose control of where you are for a second? Oh, yeah. So, again, I hope I didn't scare anyone to, <laughs> into fasting. Um, but, yeah, overall, like, I've kind of, like, slowly gotten back into it, yeah. you know? And it's just, like... I don't have any body fat. Yeah. Like, I barely accumulate any body fat. Again, my metabolism is, is pretty fast, I would say, as well, so that helps. Um, I'm very focused. Yeah. You know, I normally just eat if I do a workout yeah. beforehand. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I would say the main thing is, is health, like, my actual body, like, being just. Yeah, just feeling good, you know, like, yeah, I felt like with less amount of workouts, I've been in better shape. Yeah, which is surprising. And then the, the focus part. And that's a big thing uh, I, wa I want to really um, dive into because it's really valuable. Um, but first about the fainting. It's awesome that you fainted. Yeah, like it's amazing because you're actually looking in your life with your body, the, the only body that's given to you, the only mind that's given to you. What are limits of my body and when are these things happening? So you're exploring real-time data. Like, what are my limits? What am I capable of? Like, that's something you want to discover. And a lot of people are not discovering their limits, right? But if you end up on a mountain somewhere in an emergency situation, like, I've trained myself to go days without food and to still perform. So I'll lead people off that mountain. Whereas other people who haven't trained that, haven't dis discovered their limits, will just like, oh, there's no food, there's no water, I might just die here, no, you know? So you want to explore what are my limits? When am I fainting and why? <laughs> and why is, am I actually fainting? And how can I extend this period uh, that I'm fainting till a later moment in time so I can extend it? It's about finding your limits and pushing beyond those limits. So awesome that you fainted. Thank you. It's good to experiment. I'm, I'm super happy with <laughs> So... Uh, I think you shouldn't be scared at all by him fainting. I think you should be excited to explore your own limits. And it's a wonderful thing to explore your limits. 100%. And so that's, that's massive. Yeah. What do you want to say? I think that's something that you teach the people within your community, right? You, yeah. 
you have Live Labs. You're the founder of Live Labs. Live Lab. Yeah. Live Labs. Uh, Live Lab. Yeah. Sorry. Um, could you elaborate on what you guys help people with? Uh, what the program is about? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I will elaborate on that quickly, and then I will. I, I want to add something on the focus part because that's going to be really valuable for people, entrepreneurs as well. In this. You want to start with that, and then. No, we'll I'll just elaborate on on Live Lab. So. Uh, because uh, it suits the conversation really well as well. Like with LiveLab, we're teaching people how to get more control over their mind, their emotions, and also teach them how they can uh, get to a state of their best high performance. So we're basically transforming people into people that have more control of their mind, that are disciplined, that are focused, that have clarity, but also know how to perform on a daily basis on their highest level. So it's optimizing the mind and optimizing your life. And with some people, it's rigorously redesigning their complete life uh, to, to uh, just operate differently. So Live Lab is, the name says it, it's Live Lab, Laboratorium. So it's the ingredients you put into life, into the formula. The ingredients you put into your formula will give a different outcome in life. So if you're not satisfied with your life right now, look at the ingredients. What are you eating? What are you doing? What are you consuming? Change your ingredients, change what you're doing, and you will change your life. So we help people to change their life. And this focus part is a big thing to, to jump back to, to the fasting part. It's, we're helping regular men, we're helping um, entrepreneurs, we're coaching multimillionaires as well. And one big thing we're helping them with is being more focused on their work. And fasting has become a massive part in that because a lot of time we lose focus because of food. Now we're in a fasted state. I haven't eaten, you haven't eaten. So all this energy that we're, we've accumulated into our body is going to our mind and which we can use to focus on our task, which is this podcast right now. So if we would, would have been eating before this podcast and especially carbs, all our energy in our body would, would just go to digesting that food and we will be more distracted in this talk. So what we're doing is the way you want to be eating for high performance, for achieving a lot of stuff and getting a lot of stuff done is our focus level is mostly determined by our blood glucose, our blood sugar levels. And it's, that's mostly determined by eating carbs. So if you're eating carbohydrates, bread, um, croissants, uh, oats, uh, a lot of fruit, if we're starting our day with that, we will experience a massive rise in this blood glucose level and a rise in energy and then it will drop massively below your baseline which will cause you to be in a state of oh, I'm tired, slumbering, don't want to be working and so if you can control that blood glucose level you can control your focus. So what we're doing is we're fasting, doing intermittent fasting like we're doing now, we're having laser focus, blood glucose level is stable, we're breaking that fast with fats and proteins have almost zero effect on this blood glucose level. So we're breaking the fast at let's say around 12 or one. So we've already had hours of super focused work. We break with fats and proteins, no carbs. We can still extend this focus to like three or four. We're massively focused. We get so much done, zero distraction. And then later in the day, we cycle these carbs. So we add more carbs into our day with the last meal having the most of our carbs preferably three or four hours before going to bed. This will refill our glycosine levels, will make sure we sleep deeper, be more recharged actually the next day. If you eat like this, so fats and proteins to break the fast, 
more fats and proteins in the second or third meal with maybe a little bit of carbs and add more carbs into the end of the day, you will have the full day of focus and the best sleep. I'm just laughing because for lunch I'm gonna have spaghettis and I also have some <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> and that happens, that's, that's nice. Like that. <laughs> it's comfortable, yeah. but it's, there's multiple ways to... to for sure. Um, yeah, but I didn't know that and I think that's extremely valuable. Yeah. Um, also, one thing I've uh, I've also reduced my caffeine intake, and if I do drink it, it has to be 90 minutes after I wake up. Because I've yeah. also, Massive. based on my research, I've also seen that if you drink coffee right away, yeah. you're gonna see that you know drop in middle of your day. Oh man! Massive. So you're just postponing the the grogginess, the the tiredness yeah. uh, to later in the day. Yeah, and this is a, a, a massive tip. This is a massive tip. Because we have like, to, to give you a really quick like scientific how it works is we have this, in our body we have our biological clock, right? We, we wake up because of light and we become sleepy, melatonin pops because of darkness and then we fall asleep. But we also have sleep drive. It's like an elastic band. When we wake up, the longer we're awake, the more we want to be sleeping. So it's called adenosine, it's a hormone. So we've been awake for a full day, we've been working out, working, so we're really tired. Once we sleep, this adenosine, it reduces again. So we wake up, once we wake up, these adenosines level are still uh, really dropping. So we're naturally waking up. But if we're drinking caffeine straight away, uh, it will tie to this adenosine um, uh, receptors and the adenosine cannot leave your body. So what actually happens is the adenosine cannot leave the body yet. So you're st stimulating energy by caffeine. You're feeling super um, awake, energized, but once that caffeine works out, there's still leftover adenosine, tiredness in the body that all of a sudden kicks in. So you want to be waiting one and a half hours, one to one and a half hours, to let that adenosine drop, get sunlight in, natural sunlight, move your body, drink water, just water, and salt, maybe. I put some salt in this. That's perfect, that's perfect to hydrate. And then you will naturally... My mother thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a very good job, man. You're doing a very good job, performance-wise. Thank you. So you're, you're experiencing your natural energy levels to rise, and then you can just drink caffeine. So small tips make, make big differences. Wow, man. This was really a dope conversation, man. A For lot sure. of gold nuggets right here. Um, unless there's anything else you really want to get off your chest, the last thing is, where uh, can people find you? Where can people find out more about Life Lab, about yourself, your story, everything yeah. that's happening? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, on, on Instagram, you can just search at uh, BasBuilds, B-A-S-B-U-L-T-S. That's my Instagram. I'm going to be starting a massive YouTube series to explain more in-depth about stoicism, where you can just learn for free. So on YouTube, it's also uh, BuzzBuilds. We'll put it on the description. You can put it on the description. Sure. And if you want to learn more about LiveLab or Stoicism, you can go to LiveLab.education. And there's a nice video on there explaining my story. But also, we've created a really um, cheap environment for you to learn about life and to, to learn about our courses and our community. And we do events. And it's, it's really cheap for you to join. So you can also have a look there and give it a try. So yeah, that's where you can find me. And for the rest, I want to uh, encourage people to uh, um, look at how they want life to be and to maybe 
um, reassess what they're doing and to, to stretch boundaries and to look for what is actually possible and to raise the bar a little bit higher and to be less soft. So, yeah, if you want to know anything else about stoicism, you can ask me or performance or health or, so yeah. Thank you, Bas. You're welcome, man. Thank you so much. <laughs>